Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things we can all do to live a better life if times get tough or even if they don't. Today is July the 16th, 2014. This is episode 1387 of the Survival Podcast. It's a Wednesday. Tuesday there was no show. I'm still re recovering from this crud. Um, based on feedback from some audience members and based on some research, It may very well be that this crud was uh, salmonella, uh, either from food or possibly from my own backyard from all of these ducks. I don't really know, but uh, of all the things that uh, I've looked at and symptoms, uh, the, the best match has been salmonella poisoning. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, if it is, salmonella is no joke, and whatever it is is no joke. This stuff is uh, is, is pretty harsh. I spent most of yesterday, honestly, sleeping. I, I didn't feel that bad. I just had no energy. And I think it was pretty much, I'm, I'm toward the end of uh, dealing with this now, which is about seven days, which is, you know, again, fits textbook uh, with salmonella poisoning. Um, but uh, I think it was just that long of dealing with it where your body is, you're, you're pretty much on the way, way to recovery. You're only having a little bit of stomach pains and whatnot. Um Most of your functions have returned to normal, but your body's just sapped. It's just sapped for energy. And uh, I'll tell you what, there's a, there's a lesson in this. Because the couple first days of this, my wife was gone. And, uh, you know, then she came home, and now she's taking care of all the animals and everything. And we're kind of on doing just enough to get by with everything. And fortunately, this coincided with... Uh, a cold front, and some rain, uh, which has taken the pressure off a lot of things with keeping the uh, stuff that we planted this year established uh, in good shape. So the question then comes to, what if this is during a real crisis? And do you have enough support from others to be able to get through a crisis? I think in, uh, in our world today we have a uh, propensity to think, well, since I can do all these things, then all these things will get done. Well, They may or may not. Will all the things get done when you break a leg or come down with a disease? Um, you can want uh, all you want. You really can. You can want all you want to uh, to just fight through it. And a lot of times with illnesses, I do. A lot of things that will put people flat out, flus, whatnot. I'm outside with a pick and a shovel. I don't care. Uh, in fact, I've often said I think one of the reasons I recover so fast from illness is I, uh, I, I don't generally just lay down. I generally fight back as best I can. I get my body functioning. I get my blood flowing. And I do my best to move on with life the way that it normally is. But sooner or later, things come along that take us all out. The The toughest uh, MMA fighter in the world is worthless if he breaks a knee. And I can tell you from personal experience, uh, you get the right type of uh, illness and you are flat out incapacitated. Uh, even many of the things that you think you can do, you can't because you can't think. And you can't think right. You can't trust your judgments. Anyway, 
Uh, just a little opener there with some thoughts to uh, to spur your prepping. Because we're going to talk about some interesting stuff today. I'm going to talk about survivalist myths versus stark reality. And I don't know if I'm going to change the title. I'm still a little bit fuzzy, I guess. Because it's not really survivalist myths that I'm talking about. I'm talking about apocalyptic myths. Maybe that's a better word for it uh, today. The people that come to me... Oh, you know, weekly I get a couple dozen people emailing me that have just figured out everything's not super and they're freaked out and my money isn't safe. The dollar's going to be worthless soon. Where do I put all my money? And, you know, peak oil is real. There's no more oil. We're going to be all out of oil. What do I do? Ah! Uh, you know, like I said, I get a good dozen of those a week at least. And they're serious people. They, they really feel this way. And um, I'm going to talk about several... Common things that people are afraid of. Um, the dollar collapse, um, the government putting us in FEMA camps or martial law and all the other things that go with that, solar flare EMP thing, and peak oil. And there's more, uh, but those will be enough to show the reality of, of what's going on here. Um, I'll tell you right now before we do the rest of our housekeeping, the, the fundamental reality is most of these things are based on some level of fact. And yet, there's a massive business in selling the fear right now. There's a huge industry that's grown up in the preparedness industry that, that, that makes its living by making you afraid and selling you things that you may or may not actually need. But even when they're selling you what you need, that most of the people in this industry today are selling you based on fear. And it's a hyped up, accentuated fear. And often, I think what they're selling you isn't what you really need. Anyway, before we get into that, let's go ahead and take care of our sponsors. They do a lot to help take care of you. Sponsor of the day number one today is BulkAmmo.com. Um, you know, one thing that really does happen is that sooner or later, somebody somewhere decides that we need more laws about guns. Yeah, it happens, and usually it corresponds with some sort of a shooting or something like that, and they get it really hyped up, and then the people on our side decide, well, maybe it's a good time to lay up a little extra ammo, guns, accessories, whatever, and all of a sudden you realize that that stuff's made just-in-time inventory to a large degree, like a lot of the rest of the stuff in, in the country, that especially ammo and accessories... It just disappears, and the prices go through the roof. Twenty-two long rifle ammo is still ridiculously overpriced. But most of the other ammo has come back in a reasonable price uh, scenarios. This is the time to stock up on your ammo. The place I buy my ammo is BulkAmmo.com. When you go there and see the pricing that they have, the availability that they have, and the choice that they have, and you see the shipping speed that they react with, You'll know why. Check them out today, BulkAmmo.com. Next up today, Safe Castle Royal, the original Survival Podcast sponsor, the sponsor that's been with TSP longer than any other sponsor out there. We've had Safe Castle with us since 2009, January of 2009. Um, they were the first discount vendor to the MSB as well. They were the first people that gave a discount to the MSB. In their case, they have a discount membership club, and they gave the, the whole club away for free. MSB members, something that they still do today. That's a $49 value. It effectively makes your first year of member support brigade a buck. They have everything for your prepping needs that you can think of, from the tactical to the practical, and everything in between. Check them out today, safecastle.com. Um, Safecastle and Bulk Ammo, again, both do discounts for the member support brigade. So before you buy from them, log into your MSB account if you're a member. Uh, click on Benefits. You'll see the discounts that they offer there. Um, With that, if you are not yet a member of my support brigade, please become a member. Please consider becoming a member, I think is a better way to put it. Um, 
this is how I support you know all the work that we do is through the member support brigade. We don't do affiliate programs. Uh, we have a very small, limited number of sponsors, and we frankly don't charge them anywhere near as much as we could at this point because they've been most of them have been with us, you know, for more than four years, and they were with us in the beginning when we were small, so we've kept their rates down. The real revenue model of TSP is Members Brigade. I figure you listen to the show, you decide you like it, you want to financially support it, you do so. If you do so, I do it in a way where you get your money back by buying the things you're going to buy anyway and getting discounts on them. That, that's how I set the show up uh, to be as resilient as I possibly could with its revenue model. And uh, with that, please consider joining. If you're military, law enforcement, Peace Corps, active duty or prior service, or a first responder like an EMT, paramedic, or firefighter, uh, I do uh, offer you an additional discount. Just email me at jack at the survivalpodcast.com. Jack at the survivalpodcast.com. Put service discount in the subject line. One or two sentences tell me who you are and what you're doing or who you are and what you did. Uh, the episode's 1387, so we'll real quick take a trip back to the year 1387. Um, I have two from Alex Shrug today at the TSP Wiki at tspwiki.com. King Richard brought to heal. And for glory, fear, or greed, the tree of battles. I'm going to read for glory, fear, or greed, tree of battles. The book, and that's what the tree of battles is, is the book. This book pro proposes a new ethic for war. The tree of battles is not chivalry, but a set of rules that should be familiar to all since they reflect many of the principles set out in the Bible. Don't hurt people who are not a direct participant in war. Pay ransoms for those under your protection. Pay nights when sick or on leave, and other common sense rules. The book is also a criticism of king and clergy, pointing out the main reason for the war of the middle for war in the Middle Ages is to win glory, fear, uh, just to win glory, fear of one's enemies, or simple greed. Honoré Bonnet is a Benedict Benedictine prior of Salon, and he believes. That war making needs limits. The kings, of, the king of France honors this work, as do many nobles, but they do nothing to implement its suggestions. And uh, here's my take from Alex Shrug: You are seeing the development of a disdain for aristocracy that will survive to the modern day. The decisions of the aristocracy and clergy were accepted because they were God's representatives on earth. But with the Black Death, war, taxes, and plundering, everyone is having doubts. Though to be clear, it is not going to stop them. Additional history, a, tra a tailor's drunken lament stated clearly what the average people felt at the time. Quote, we have no king but God. Do you think that God on that they got honestly what they have? They tax me and retax me, and it hurts them that they can't have everything we own. Why should they take from me what I earn with my needle? I would rather the king and all kings were dead than that my son should be, should be hurt in his little finger. Taylor was thrown in prison, but later pardoned by the governor of Orleans. Nice guy, you know, pardoned him for, you know, just being drunk and pissed off that they took all his stuff. Um, you know, my take on this is interesting. I, I actually decided I would read a little bit of this Tree of Battles, and I looked it up, and I only read a bit of it. But I can tell you that the reforms called for in it are things that we would look at today and go, that is not nearly enough. I mean, really, the things that are considered acceptable in the Tree of Battles Uh, would not be acceptable at all to modern concerns, and, it sh and and when you when you start to realize how unacceptable many of them would be, and I don't mean that like you wouldn't agree with the sentiment. What I mean is like the things that are still okay are not okay. 
Okay, that's that's really more what I mean. So like all the things it says you shouldn't do, you're like, oh yeah, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that. But all the things it still says that the the, the war and government and, and and whatnot can do, you're like, that's not okay. It just tells you how far things were. That that was reform. That that was reform. And the reality is, everything is still the same. The The reasons for war were glory, fear of one's enemies, and greed. Kind of sounds like today. Anyway, with that, let's get into the main topic of today's show. You know, I've, I've been kind of halfway in and out of sleep a lot lately, and a lot of things have been going through my head. And um, one has been the massive number of people that I hear from uh, out there who are legitimately afraid um, of something that's going to happen now or very, very soon. And uh, most of these people have just actually figured out that like everything isn't the way that they were always told. And it's a very shocking experience. It's a lot like it's a lot like you're walking along one day and everything's fine. Beautiful day out, 75 degrees, birds are singing, blue skies, chirping in the trees. Oh, by the way, I hope you guys saw the uh, the one I put out today about the cops coming to the guy's house of a bird chirping in his tree. Anyway, uh, that's just an aside. It's on Facebook if you want to look up the TSB Facebook page. It's freaking hysterical. But the birds are chirping in the trees. I mean, it's like a Disney day, and you're walking along, and you think everything's great. Like, you know, you just got paid. Money is, is good. You, you know, you got some money in your savings account, and uh, Kids are happy. They made, kid made the football team or whatever. Everything's good. And you're just walking along and boosh! You, you just fall into like an ice cold spring of water. Like you didn't know it was there. It's just like a steep edged pond that you just stepped into. And all of a sudden you're immersed in chilling ice cold water. And when you come up out of that water, you, you realize, yes, I can breathe, but you feel like you can't. And you're shocked that that happened, and it doesn't make any sense. Where did this come from? And you, you have this this reaction. All you want to do is just pull yourself out, which in that scenario would actually be a reasonable thing to do. In fact, it's probably the smartest thing you could possibly do. But when you have that experience and it's not real, but you you believe that it is, and you just have this knee jerk reaction to pull yourself up and out. And where you are is actually not a bad place. You know, the old saying of out of the frying pan into the fryer starts to ring to mind. And I want to go through some of the typical ones, the, th the, the four biggest ones that I hear about. That, And one is maybe, sort of, one is definitely, and the other two are like, I hear about them all the time. All right, so the first one is, my money isn't safe, the dollar will soon be worthless. Um, and, and this goes through a whole, there's like 500 sub versions of this, right? It's, it's, there's going to be an economic collapse. The people in charge are about to orchestrate the collapse. The dollar is doomed. Uh, Germany's establishing a new world bank. Uh, the BRIC nations this, uh, Russia that, China's dumping the dollar, Uh, some guy went on a, a TV show. They didn't air him, but all the people that were there took their money out of the bank the next day. And it's all bullshit. It's it's all complete bullshit. Now, there's truth in every one of these. And I'm going to cover the truth, but I'm going to cover the bullshit first because, frankly, in, in many ways, it's more important. The, the, the basic connotation is that The dollar is nothing but a fiat currency. Okay, and here's how you start to understand when you don't trust people. 
when their leadoff statement is incorrect, you, you stop trusting them. So the dollar is a fiat currency. It's an incorrect statement. The dollar is not a fiat currency. The dollar is a debt-backed currency enforced by fiat. Okay, so when a person tells you that the reason that we're screwed is the dollar is fiat and a dollar is not fiat, then you immediately have to question the source as to being valid. Doesn't mean that they're completely wrong, because most of these people, again, are working with a variety, a whole bucket of truths and half-truths assembled together. But again, remember what's really going on in most of these situations. All these websites... They all have 400 different advertisements for, you know, stocking up your bunker or whatever. They're, they're designed to sell to you. And, and I'll cover it right now because people are new may ask, well, how are you different? Well, the way I'm different is if you look at the people that I work with, they're all small business people. There's no hype about anything that anybody on my site does. And they're all like, if you need long-term storage food and you might want it, yeah, then you get it here. Right? If, if you want a way to provide security to your home, then you get it here. If you want to be able to grow better food, then you can do this here. If you want to protect yourself and and, and you know with, with herbal supplementation, here's the way you can do that. It's not like, oh, you better do this because the reactor in Fukushima is going to blow you up. That's another one, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's a very simple thing. There are real dangers in our world. There are certainly things that the average person is not told. There is certainly deception in media. There is an absolute fact that economically this country has major, major problems, uh, such that they may be worse than what the hypesters are selling you because there's less that can be done to mitigate them, that they're so bad. Um, but I'm not doing this to sell you anything. I'm really not. I, I started this show back in 2008 because I saw how screwed up things were and how lack, how how, how lack, uh, how lacking in preparedness the average American was. And I wanted to do something about it. That's it. We bring you information on how to be prepared for everything from a job loss to a storm to yes, uh, an economic recession or depression. But we don't hype you with it, and we never say, if you don't do this now, you're going to be screwed later. You have never heard anything like that. And for those of you who have been with me a long time, you know that. But for those of you that may be new, or maybe somebody shared this show with you today, just today, this is a 1,387th show that I've done. I've pulled myself together from a massive illness that's had me down for a week. I really should take another day off. But I'm mission-oriented, and I love what I do, and I believe in what I do. And my hope is to make America more prepared so when you th see things that have happened occur, you don't see people four days after a hurricane in New York that are middle-income, upper-income, yuppie people digging food out of a dumpster. It, it's disgraceful that our nation is such that that is, their, that is the natural result of a disaster, okay? an actual disaster like Hurricane Sandy. And that we have a lot of things out there that are threats to us as, as individuals and as a society and as a planet, frankly. But these things are usually much more slow and insidious over time and require a method... Uh, uh, a, a what's the word I'm looking for today, guys? Please forgive me. A methodical... I was going to say methodical. A methodical approach over time. A lifestyle design and planning component to our lives that most Americans just simply don't have anymore that we have been led to believe is, is, is the, the, what crazy people do. And I, I keep trying to explain this to you. If you don't design things 
someone will design it for you. Uh, not necessarily out of malice, just out of the fact that nature reports a vacuum. If you don't design your life, your life will exist the way that it's designed to exist in America. You'll go to school, you'll do good or bad. You'll go to college, you'll do good or bad. Right? You'll get a job, you'll do what you're told, you'll shut your effing mouth and do your effing job every effing day the way you're effing told. Okay? That's your that that will be your life. And if you you can do any I love my job. I love the people I work with blah 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 whatever. BS. No, in the end, you're somebody's bitch and you're going to do what you're told the way that you're told and any time that any piece of that pre-designed system breaks, you get laid off. Your company has a downturn. You have a, a storm that affects your, your home. You have an illness that hits you, right? Whatever it is, it will totally derail everything because the system doesn't provide redundancies for you. The system provides redundancies for itself. In other words, it doesn't matter if David loses his job. All that matters is that not every David loses his job. Okay, as long as the economy sort of kind of keeps turning along, even if we have these dips and downs and ups and whatever, as long as it keeps moving, it's fine. But if David's unemployed, Dave, that's David's problem. It doesn't matter who you're talking to or how much they pretend to care or how many times a politician invokes David's name. Uh, like David, who is here today, David's worked really hard his whole life. That guy doesn't give it. Whoever it is doesn't give a shit about David. And you're David. And if you don't take control of your life, then life will take control of you. And you will spend your entire life being other people's bitch. And that may not be what you want to hear from me, but it's the truth. And these examples that I'm going through today, actually, that's what really happens. A person figures that out. They can't take it. right? They can't take that that's really what's going on. So they grab onto one of these thrilling scenarios and then say, oh my God, everything I thought was okay isn't. What's going to happen when? And they actually put themselves into a position where the answer is there's not much you can do if it works out that way. So let's start with the dollar again. So the dollar is going to collapse. It's going to, it's going to go into oblivion. And you get emails from people. I have $50,000 in a 401k plan and I'm afraid that if I don't do something with it now, inflation is going to eat it all. Don't do anything with your money. I mean, my response to most of those people is, I'm not even going to tell you to like look at rebalancing your portfolio or anything right now because you're you're in you know you're in this hyper fear state, and every decision you make will be wrong. And every time you get into a fear state making of decisions, you're going to be wrong. The biggest safeguard that I've given people since 2008, when I started this show, before the economic collapse, was put your money in cash. So when you come to me and say, I'm scared that I'm going to lose a lot of money, I'm going to say, put your money in cash. And when you say, I think cash is going to be worthless next week, I'm going to tell you, well, you're batshit crazy, and there's no reason to believe that right now, so I cannot help you until you're ready to come out of your state of fear. Um, and, and here's how this all works. Let's go back to something I said that some of you are still probably stuck on. The dollar is not fiat. It's not. Uh, a fiat currency is a currency by fiat. That's why it's called fiat. It's, it's not a, a, a currency without metal backing it is not what a fiat currency is. That's a currency without metal backing it. It's, 
backed by something, right? So a fiat currency is backed only by fiat. And that would mean that if there was if the U.S. dollar was a fiat currency, it would work like this. Uh, government would say, we need some more money, so let's print it, which you hear is what they're doing all the time. So printing actually means typing some numbers into a computer and generating electronic dollars, and they would just do that. And they would just say, these, these dollars are issued by the full faith and credit of the United States government and its people. Done. Dun, dun, dun. And it would be it. Well, that's what they do. No, it's not what they do. It's not even close to what they do. That's not how money is produced today at all. It's not, it's not, it's not. Every dollar in, in circulation today, in some ways, and this is what I'm saying, a lot of times the truth is worse than the fear. Every dollar that exists today is actually debt. Our currency is backed by debt. The way we make new money is through the issuance of debt. As long as somebody's willing to loan us more money, we can create more money by monetizing that debt. And that's when we buy our own debt back with nothing. All right, And I won't go deep into monetary creation today because it's a whole show in of itself. I'm just telling you it's not fiat. It's debt-backed. And that is how every currency in modern society works today. Every major nation's currency today, right now, is debt-backed. Every single one. Germany, Canada, Mexico, Russia... China, it's all debt-backed. So it's not fiat. So the actual problem is, what happens when somebody won't loan you money anymore? Well, we loan ourselves money. You start to devalue the money. The reality, though, is the dollar's not going to be worthless in a week. And, 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 and partly how I know this is because for five years, I've dealt with people telling me the dollar's going to be worthless next week, and I've said, stop being stupid, and a week later came, and, and they didn't, but the dollar didn't either. Right, what we actually have with the dollar and inflation, and that's the other thing is that see it's this misunderstanding of facts that causes all this propensity for fear. So, what is inflation? Well, that's when they print more dollars. No, that's not inflation in and of itself. Uh, in fact, you can print a lot of money without inflation. We've just done it for years. We've printed more money than we've ever printed before, and yet. The total monetary supply actually hasn't increased very much because a lot of that money has been backfilled into debt holes. And when you pay off debt in an economy that creates money by issuing debt, what happens to money? It disappears. When debt is completely paid off, we actually collapse monetary supply in this country. So when you're buying mortgage-backed debt, And that's how you're issuing new money, and you're pulling that mortgage-backed debt out of the market, and you're filling the hole. You're basically keeping the, the supply somewhat level, but no, the monetary supply has increased significantly. Billions of dollars a month. And where's all the inflation? Well, there's other things that have to happen if you're going to have inflation. One of those things is you have to have velocity of money. Velocity of money is the speed at which money moves and, and multiplies through the economy. So we, we have monetary creation at two levels in this country. Most people don't know that. The first level is at the top level, the Federal Reserve level, which is, yes, a quasi-government organization. They are not a government organization. They are a private corporation. That is true. I, again, I don't want to go too deep into that today. I just want to stay at this high level fear that the dollar is going to go to, to zero tomorrow morning. And um, But let's just not worry about that. But one way or another, at the top level, money is created in concert with government, if not by government, and pushed into the economy. And that's it. No. 
Every time somebody buys a house, for instance, every time somebody borrows money from a bank, money is created. Banks also create money. And the banks create money through the issuance of debt. When you go to the bank and say, I want to buy this house, and they say, well, what's the house worth? And you say, it's worth $250,000. And they say, well, how much money do you want to put down? And you say, I got lots of money. I want to put $50,000 down. I want to get this mortgage done, man. I'm a 25% down payment. And they say, fine, here's your $200,000. And they give you $200,000 and you go buy the house. And you give them your $50,000 and they put it into the reserves. And you think, okay, well, so the bank took some money and gave it to me. They did not. The bank did not take money out of any account anywhere to give you that $200,000. They actually made a journal entry creating a new $200,000 using your promise to pay it back, okay, as the, as the justification for the creation of the new money. And you have to pay it back plus interest. So they put it on their books as a receivable, okay, for the $200,000 plus 30 years worth of interest. And we go from there. And this is the actual dollar economy. And because of that, you, you have a system that's inherently resilient as wrong as it is, as bad as it is. It, it's actually much better than the people that want to sell you shit want to admit that it is. It's not, it's not going anywhere overnight. And the reality is when people say, well, the dollar will collapse, I'll be, I'm like, well, is it like any of the times it's collapsed since 1913? They're like, what? It hasn't collapsed since 1913. Oh, yeah, it has. In, in the 1930s, when Roosevelt did away with the gold standard and went to a partial gold standard and made gold illegal to own, it was a default on the dollar. And yet, the dollar didn't become worthless. In the 1960s, when we had the Silver Coinage Act, It was a default on the dollar because we took the silver out of circulation. And we took what was worth a dollar in silver and replaced it with three cents in zinc and copper and said it's just as good, and the dollar didn't collapse. See, no one tells you these were actual defaults. The 1930s, the 1960s, and then Nixon's closing of the gold window in the 1970s were all actual defaults on the dollar. They were absolutely defaults. And yet, somehow, things kept going. And this is what people don't get. Money is not a thing. Money is a system of accounting. The value of the money, okay, the value of the money comes from the economy itself. So one way or another, as you have a modern society with this much control and this much globalism, If the dollar starts to tank, something is going to be done to replace it. That doesn't mean you won't get screwed. It doesn't mean your, the value of your retirement might not be destroyed. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to be, uh, you're, you're not going to have problems because of this. But what you'll actually see is they strip the value over the long term. This is what they call inflation. And it's far more insidious. Because if the recognized inflation rate is 4%, but the real inflation rate is 6 and you made 5% on your money, you just lost 1%. What's even worse is if you just have the money put away somewhere, saved. You lost $6,000 if you were holding $100,000. You see how that works. 
You sp- inflation's basically a tax on you. So the reality is much more insidious long term. But the hype that's used to make you act in fear is designed to get your money out of your hands into the hands of people selling you shit. So stop buying into it. Um, next one is the government's going to put us all in FEMA camps or declare martial law or send us to a liberal Auschwitz. That's one of the latest email memes. Um, on and on, one way or another. The New World Order's coming. Blue helmets are going to march, whatever it is. The globalists are taking over. You're going to go to a camp, and if you get on the red line, you're, you're being taken to death, and if you get on the blue line, you're being taken to the work camp or, or whatever. Um, this is the dumbest freaking thing to fear that there is. It really is. There's, there's little in the world today that you could have fear of uh, that would make you a, a, a bigger idiot than this. And, and, and understand, if you're pissed off at me now, I, I'm not the one that decided to believe it. And I understand why you do, because it's a very good sales job. Because I want to sell you a pallet of MREs, so I'll sell you on the concept that they're coming to put you there. And if you just had food, then you could hide, and they wouldn't get you. Now, so we're supposed to believe that there will be this 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 new world order rise. Ah, oh, now we are ready to control them all, and it will come, and it will have so much power that it will be able to go through and know everybody who's a dissenter, which would pretty much be everybody, by the way, which has its own problems we'll get to in a second. But you are on the dissenter's list. You are dangerous, so I will come get you. But if you just had a pallet of MREs and a hole in the ground somewhere, I wouldn't be able to find you. But if you didn't, then you'll be in your house when I knock on the door at 2 a.m. and come get you and put you in this FEMA camp. Like, but Jack, there's, there's real FEMA camps. I saw it on YouTube. Yeah, well, I saw a guy freaking make a Lego ball uh, the size of a freaking apartment building and roll it down a, a hill, and it stayed intact on YouTube, too. And uh, then Mythbusters showed that that doesn't really work. Um, but, just, you know, there's places with fences around them that they could put people in. Yeah. And do I think all of it's benevolent and kind and decent and only uh, in case aliens invade and we need to house them for temporary purposes? No. I think that there's probably plans that if the whole thing shits the bed and people start killing each other and start setting fire on the cities and stuff like that, and martial law actually has to be declared, that as you're apprehending the people that are doing this shit, you got to have a place to put them so they probably have an idea where they would go. I, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I don't mean that I don't have a problem with that as far as, like, doing it. I mean, I don't have a problem with the concept that it's there. All right? What I do have a problem with, and you should too if you're using your rational thinking capabilities at all, is that the plan is one day, <laughs> when they're ready. See, they're just getting ready. They, they've been getting ready for a long time, but they're just not ready yet. When they're really ready, when they floated the idea enough times to see if public opinion is right, and they put their finger up, now it's time, then they will give the order, march, and that then they will come, How do people believe this shit, right? Then they will come all at once, and they will go to all the dissenters' homes, and they will knock on the door, and if you voted for Ron Paul, or if you uh, uh, are a libertarian, or if you're a Christian, they're going to come get you, and they're going to drag you to a train, and they're going to put you on a train, and they're going to send you to a liberal Auschwitz. Now, here's the problem with the average idiot in, 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 in the world today. The average idiot behaves the same way whether they're in government 
or whether they're a civilian. It doesn't matter. They have the same lock on what happened before being exactly what will happen again. We study history. We do a history segment here because everything that has happened has always happened again and again and again and again. But it's also always happened differently. It's always happened differently. And it's always evolved to be in the best interest of those behind it at whatever period of time that you're in. So since everybody knows what you know Auschwitz looks like now, and everyone knows how that works, that that model is now outdated. So just like a lot of the airline security bullshit that they have you go through now, because they're worried that someone else is going to do the same thing they already did again, is nonsense, because whatever they do try to do next time, it's not going to be the same thing. When you look at the government and say, well, that's what the Nazis did. Well, first of all, we're not the Nazis. We're fascist as hell, but we're not Nazis. Right? Um, and second of all, what was gotten away with at the time cannot be gotten away with in, in this time. That way. It has to be done differently. So even if the, the plan was to get rid of all the dissenters, much easier ways to do that today. The, 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 the totalitarianism grows in sophistication rapidly and it figures out what works better. So the, the other thing is, if, if, if that model was going to work, well, it would have worked. Well, it was us, and we came, and the Yankees came, and we fought the battle at the side of the British, and we went into Normandy, and yeah, but you know, it was, the, the 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 grandfather of 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 George W. Bush, right, George Jr., the dad of George Bush, first president, was selling shit to the Nazis during World War II. Decide one that the that the global people decided was going to win from the very beginning. Because the, the direction had already been chosen for how you're going to control the planet, right? It's not that there's no global control of the planet. It's not that there's not a desire to control every individual. It's that how that's to be done is based a lot more on psychology than brute strength. Now, here's the problem with this, what everybody in camps think. If you do that, who's going to pay the taxes? If you do that, who's going to pay the taxes? Who's, how are you going to feed all these people you're going to put in a camp? If, 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 you, if, you, if you round up all the right-wingers and put them in a camp, how are you going to run your dichotomy anymore? Who are you going to blame when stuff doesn't go right, if you, if you eliminate the supposed opposition? Well, you'll have nobody to blame. All the people will turn around and blame you. Now, we can read history, and we've learned what happens, and no matter how strong tyrants are, When they run out of excuses, their heads come off because there's always more people than there are tyrants. Got it? And no matter how much power they have, they have to use a psychological means of control. And a psychological means of control has to have a dichotomy built into it. The human mind has a very difficult time processing more than two variables in anger. I want you to think about that. When it's angry, it wants to determine who, who's trying to fix it and who's trying to blame, and blame who's, who caused it. That's it. It doesn't have time for anything else. Now, I know you're saying, well, I do. Well, you probably do because you're a thinking being that's risen above your basal level. And you've said to yourself, I want to understand this stuff. You've started to ask questions and you've started to, to look deeper. But the average idiot 
doesn't do that. Someone must be to blame. You see it over and over again. Who's to blame? Democrats. Who's to blame? Republicans. Who's to blame? Obama did it. Well, the guy before him did all the same shit. Yeah, but this guy's worse. Okay. It was the same shit. Yeah, but this guy's worse. Okay, we're done with the conversation now. You need this dynamic in place. You can't eliminate the opposition in the modern world. There's too much information out. There's too much information and disinformation. The little guy can be just the propagandist that the big guy is now. They've adapted to this. They understand this. They don't want you at FEMA camps because you're far more useful to them turning the gerbil wheel, generating your one megawatt of sparks out of it during your lifetime, so they can harness you like what you are, the battery that's in the matrix. The reason you're not going to a camp is there's no benefit to them for you to go in a camp. Well, we're resistors. You're not resisting anything. You're not a resistor. You're a freaking capacitor. Most of the people that believe this one, they think they're the resistance, right? They're not resisting anything. You're feeding the system. You're feeding the system with your energy. You're feeding the system with your internet memes. You're feeding your system with the Obama, Obama, Obama bullshit. I mean, I don't like the guy at all. I think they're all criminals. But I'm not going to say, well, it's, it's him. It's him. It's him. Because I know what's coming. Let me tell you what's coming. Here's another Jack's prediction. The next president of the United States is going to be a strong man. Big time strong man. Tough on this, tough on that, tough on this. Willing to do things and get things done and stamp on the throats of the people that are wrong. Eight years. Eight years of this guy. is designed to get the American people to crave a guy they would have never accepted at any other time in history. They're, you're going to see a guy far more like Vladimir Putin is our next president than you would have ever believed 25 years ago. You want to bet? I don't know who it'll be, but that will be the persona you're going to get. The American people are about to scream out and beg for tyranny. They're going to call for it. They'll cheer it when it gets here. And you want me to believe that they're going to enforce it upon us with a FEMA camp in the dark of night when we ourselves will beg for what they're going to give you. See, like I said, the reality is far more serious than the fictitious component. The next one is solar flares and EMPs. I'm going to go a little fast on this, but I'm just going to tell you this. Stop worrying about it. It ain't going to happen. Not the way you hear about it. And your piece of shit, solar generator, okay, from a rip-off scam artist company that's been shut down with three other operations that they used to run. Okay? SFS is the initials. They should call it SOS for shit on a solar panel. Alright? Like shit on a shingle in the military. Shit on solar. That's what they should call these guys. Okay? That's not going to save you if there's a freaking EMP, idiots. It's, it's a couple thousand dollars of your money that could have went into actually designing and building resiliency into your life so that you could take care of yourself and your family for all the shit that is going to happen. For all the shit that has happened in the last 20 years. Solar flares. They are real. CMEs, they are real. Can roll mass ejections. 
They do have the ability to strike our atmosphere, and a really bad one, it strikes at the perfect angle at the perfect time, could cause massive disruption to our grid. The damage would be nowhere near as extensive as the TV and the hipsters and hypesters tell you. And we would fix it. It wouldn't be good, but we would fix it. It would not be over. There would not be like, uh, what's the TV show, Revolution? No. In fact, that show, they had to come up with some ridiculous bullshit way that the power went off to keep the power off for long enough to tell the story. That's why they came up with some bullshit. They couldn't possibly say it was a CME because there'd have been too many electrical engineers going, well, we could just put that there and that there and they'd have these power here. And then that would start to reestablish the grid. And, you know, when you short this thing out, it's not going to short everything out because once this is down, it breaks the circuit. And then this grounds here. So, no, they didn't want that. And then the EMP stuff's even worse. North Korea is going to get a nuclear bomb. And they're going to detonate it in their atmosphere. Shut the whole country down. Yeah, get the... Come on. Come on. You got to think. You got to use your brain. First of all, here's the fundamental reality. To do an EMP effectively, you need a big nuclear bomb, not a little shitty nuclear bomb. You need a big nuclear bomb. You need something that the countries, us, ourselves, so we can EMP ourselves, the Soviets, the Chinese, are pretty much those that have uh, nuclear weaponry that is big enough to do what we're talking about. And one of them ain't going to do enough. It'll shut down a bunch of shit, it will, and it won't be anywhere near as hard to fix as all the bloggers tell you that don't know anything, all right? But it would not do anything to stop our ability to blow the shit out of other people. You don't think our military weaponry is hardened for this stuff? You think a submarine gives a shit about an EMP? Seriously? From a bomb detonated over the United States? This is just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It ain't going to happen. And if it if it does, okay, if it does, your Faraday cage isn't going to save the world, and, and and grounding your pickup truck is not going to save the world. If those things make you feel better, go ahead and do them, and then get on with designing your life. Okay. The next one is peak oil. I have. So much contemption for the hype around peak oil. Because out of all of these, peak oil is actually the one with the most truth behind it, but yet it's the one with the most sensationalistic bullshit behind it. And I'll tell you the, the fuel behind the peak oil hype. It gets put into the marketing to sell you all your shit. It does. Because it's there and it's convenient it works. But they're not the ones that developed it. The peak oil nonsense comes from the green ween. The greenie weenies, right? This is what the, this is the thing. The people that can't accept that society actually works the way that it does, that it actually does work, it actually does function, that we actually do feed most of the people on planet Earth right now. Um, we really do. Now, there's a lot of people that aren't fed, and I, I feel terrible about that, but when it comes down to it, the majority of people are fed because if they weren't, they'd be dead, and they wouldn't be here. See, that's how it works. If you're really not fed for long enough, you die. Okay? And there are places where people are dying from starvation. But you know what? It's not due to lack of food. It's not due to lack of food. It's mostly due to politics and borders and cultures. All right? And in, in some instances, because people want those people dead.
But when you look at the, the amazing, amazing job that this, this country, the, the country, I mean, the, the, the planet actually does, the society actually does, to actually make this modern lunacy work, right? I'm not saying it's all good, but to make it work is unfathomable. If you want to get a real understanding about the sheer quantity of food produced, Watch like Discovery or Learning Channel or, or Travel Channel and watch the shows that are on like the best hotels to eat at. And then when they're talking about it, just listen to how many pounds of food, of like one type of food, that one hotel in Las Vegas serves in a day. And, and the reality, if Las Vegas... Went in a mouse fart off planet Earth right now. With all, however, millions of people are there, permanent residents and visitors, all at once, gone, just, 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 just vanished, like not, not a nuclear bomb or anything, just like, just gone. It would screw things up for a little while, but reality, globally, nothing. It is a mouse fart in the population of the planet. It, it wouldn't create a, a genetic bottleneck. Right? I mean, it's just it, it's 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 a tiny, infinitesimal, little itty bitty piece of this total global society that has to be fed and provided with energy every day. And fossil fuels do that. Do I think they should do that? Well, now that we're here, for now they should. Yes. Should we build other ways to do a lot of these things? Yes. Can it be done? Yeah, can it be done fast? No. No, it can't. It can't be done fast. It's not somebody, you know, uh, preventing it. It's, it's the fundamental reality when you look at how much energy this planet uses. Okay? You can't do it with anything else. Which is part of the truth of peak oil. So the peak oil activists look at this and they go, this is terrible for the planet. We're killing ourselves. And they believe CO2 is a toxin. Even though every time you breathe, you're, ex you're excreting CO2. They believe that CO2 is a toxin. Now, when you run a gallon of gas through a car, you release massive amounts of toxins. None of which are CO2. There's things like hydrocarbons and, right? I mean, the, the actual things that we test for in emissions are actually the toxins. This is why motorcycles are actually worse for the planet than cars by the way. Did you know that? If you actually look at the emissions of motorcycles per mile driven, they actually release more toxins per mile than the average passenger car. I know you don't believe me, so look it up and learn for yourself. If you take CO2 out of the equation. so But they believe CO2, the planet's going to go into a, a, a meltdown. It, it, there's going to be water at the, 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 in the, uh, into the, uh, the New World Trade Center, right? The World Tower. Eiffel Tower is going to be, not the Eiffel Tower, that too, that'll be underwater. Uh, Empire State Building is going to be underwater. They actually believe this shit. All right? Now, they know, they know full well. They, they, they can talk about it till they're blue in the face. And no one is going to stop burning oil. And no one is going to stop burning coal. And no one is going to stop burning natural gas. But they also know there is only so much oil. This is the truth. And in their heads, this is not all people, because this is the people that are the core of peak oil. 
And there's a whole bunch of you to believe in varying degrees of truth and reality around it. But the core, the hardcore group, when they realize this, they say, hey, this is our salvation. The only salvation we have is that eventually there won't be any more of this oil. And when there's no more of this oil, then it'll stop. And we'll stop hurting the planet. And then they realize the other side of it. Well, what about all everybody else? And they realize the horror of it. But they're so in love with the idea that this will stop the madness that they embrace the idea to the absurd. I mean, we can just do math on known oil reserves, extraction technology, how much is being burned, new technology. You look at peak oil and go, that's not great, but it's not really that big a deal in the next 30, 40 years. It's just not. And then the environmentalist goes, oh, my God. And, yeah, you got a point, right? Environmentalists, especially if you'll, get, if you'll let go of the, uh, you know, the global warming nonsense, which is looking more and more stupid as the planet gets cooler and cooler, by the way. If you'll let go of that, and you just actually talk about the pollution, right? The pollution created through the extraction and burning and refining of fossil fuels. Then, yes, there's an environmental problem there that we need to address, But they can't let go of it. They have to stay married to this concept. And then that becomes, peak oil actually becomes a religion. And, and it's the patron saint of saving the planet. And it ignores the fact that we're just going to extract coal. And we're just going to extract natural gas. And they'll burn down the last oak tree before somebody turns off an Xbox. I'm not saying that's good. I'm saying that's the reality. That's why I'm not worried about peak oil. There's plenty of other shit to worry about. There's, there's plenty to worry about with our food supply being so precarious. There, there's so much to worry about with droughts that continue. In spite of a cooler planet, you can have the degrees go down a couple degrees, but if there ain't no water, there ain't no water. Instead of worrying about actual climate change, they worry about fictitious climate change. The climate of the Midwestern United States has been changing for a hundred years in a very negative way. Because we have destroyed the soil health of that environment and therefore the nutritional quality of the food produced by it and it takes more and more energy in per calorie out than it ever has in history. And we worry about this nonsense. These things are not real the way that they're presented. And I'm again, I'm telling you why they're presented this way. They are presented this way to put you into a state of fear so that they can extract from you your hard-earned dollars. This is the number one reason that these things are sold the way they are today to you is so that they can sell something else to you. Stuff. A plan. An investing scheme. Gold. Silver. You know, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. As long as they can get your money out of your hand into their hand. And their number one one is your dollar's going to be worthless and they're going to put you in FEMA camps. Those are the two to get wrapped together. Honestly, the, at least the solar flare has a basis in truth. At least an EMP is possible. Right? At least peak oil has a fundamental reality to it. There's only so much oil, you can only take so much out. There's a point at which it costs so much to get the drop of oil out, it's not worth getting out anymore. There's, there, there's, there's so much truth in those two. 
Just because I brought them up as examples today, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there's not problems there. But the government's going to put you in a FEMA camp? I, these, these, these patriot survival plans and shit like that, this is all about money. Money, 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 money. You got it? They want your money. 47 things to hoard, blah, blah, flicking bra. You, I'll tell you what to hoard. Your common freaking sense. That's what to hoard. What do, you, what do you do about all this? People that are worried like this, number one, stop. Stop. But you said there's real problems. Yep. And you are not in a mindset right now to address them. When you're in this hyper-responsive, fear-backed state, since these problems are not immediately on top of you, okay? yes, there is a problem with the way we manage money in the world today. Yes. The dollar is consistently devalued over time. We can look at that on a chart and see it since 1913. It's the plan. It's the future plan. It is the plan. Yes. Yes. Just sitting in stocks and waiting is not a good idea. Yes. I'll admit that. But you're not ready to fix that problem right now. Anything you do in that fear-based state is going to hurt you long-term. So just stop. But, but the government is doing this and the government is doing that. Yes, they are. Many people are working on that problem right now. You can look at it a little bit if you want to. Love to have you on our side of fighting back by informing others about what's really going on without being hysterical. But right now, if you jump into that fray, you're going to hurt. You'll think you're helping, but you're not. Because you're going to spread memes that are stupid to people that are quite not yet awake. And when they look into, like, they'll finally look at all your crazy shit and go, okay, let me check this one out. And the one they check out is going to be completely ass backwards. And they're going to look at that and they're going to go, this is what this nut job is saying all the time. Because everything you hear, you're going to believe. It's called perception bias. If it says Obama's bad, you'll believe he did it. I remember when the one went around right after the guy got elected that he didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't salute or put his hand over his heart when the, the Star Spangled Banner was being played and they showed these pictures and it was at this Memorial Day service or something like that. And, all. and I just looked at this and I went, this can't be right. Nobody on this man's staff would let this fool do this. It would be political suicide. And you see him with his hands behind his back and he's just standing there with his smug-ass, arrogant look that, yes, he has. Right? And then when you research it, Turns out the reason he wasn't doing anything other than just sitting there quietly with his smug-ass look on his face is what was actually being played was Hail to the Chief, which is for him, the Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces. right? But that went around and around and around and around. You know, and like this, this latest one is the guy with the lakes. You know, the government has made it illegal for you to capture water, rainwater on your own property. It's technically true when you look at what he's doing, but that's not the, the headline and the reality are so far apart. He was sent to prison just for catching rainwater. They don't tell you it was over 10 years of shit. The guy is, the guy is living in a federally protected watershed that when he moved there, It was already a federally protected watershed. And he was notified when he bought the property that he couldn't do what he wanted to do. He bought the property and he did it anyway. And then he did it in defiance and he was told multiple times to drain the ponds. 
He didn't do it. And then he was fined. He didn't pay the fines. And then eventually they said, drain the ponds and pay the fine. He said no. And he appealed it again. And it went appeal, appeal, appeal. He ran out of appeals. And they finally said, fine, you're going to do some jail time. Now, do I applaud him for standing up to that and saying this is bullshit? Yes. As the reporting around it by the yellow journalistic ass clowns in the liberty movement been bullshit? Absolutely. And that's just one example of hundreds of things like this. And I myself get sucked into it from time to time. Every once in a while, I'll float a story through Facebook and somebody will go, Jack, I'm surprised you bought into this. This is bullshit. I'm like, what? And I look at it and I go, fuck. Uh, you know, okay, fine. I, I didn't know. And I'll take it down. Or I'll, I'll, I'll post a retraction or whatever. It all depends, you know, on how it went out. Because there's so much coming at us in a tornado of, of, of information and misinformation right now. So I want to end today with what do I think the truth is? Right. If, if this stuff is all ex extensuations of the truth, fabrications of the truth, twistings of the truth, the, tr the lies based on truth, what is the truth about our current state today in society in regard to things like economics and government? I believe that the people that run our economy have created the paradigm they do because it gives them the greatest control over wealth in the, in, on the planet that's ever existed. That they have the ability now, simply through the issuance of new debt, and therefore the issuance of new money, to suck value from old money into the new money that they can then partake of for far less than you can. Money is basically sold into circulation today. That's how it works. They, that's how debts work. When you When you acquire a debt and there's an interest rate, that's in effect what you're paying for the money. So if you're paying a 10% interest rate, you're paying 10% for the money over the amortized period of time. So if it's over something like a mortgage, you're paying an awful lot for the money. If it's a short-term loan, you're paying a little bit. I believe that the plan that was implemented in 1913 under the Federal Reserve Act was, from their standpoint, a brilliant one. And I believe that they do actually stave off some of the effects of depressions and recessions through the issuances of large amounts of money and stuffing of financial institutions and heading off crashes. I believe that if those crashes occurred, they would self-rectify very quickly if it was left free from interference. But in a society full of interference, I believe it actually works to a degree, and that's why they get away with doing it. And if you don't think it works, I'm sorry. Drive to your nearest large city and look around at all the amazing things that are out there, and that financial system produced them. I think we could have produced better, but that is the result of the system that everybody says doesn't work. No, it does work. It just works better for them than it does for us. What do I think about them? They that wish to control the world. They do control the world. They're not going to someday. There's no evil plot. It's not Dr. Evil, mm, yeah, I want one million dollars, right? No, No, these people are in charge. They're in control. Do they control every single facet of society yet? No. Do they want to? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. To a large degree, they want to be able to control everything. Whenever anybody doesn't do what they want, they want to be able to shut them up or make them go away. There, there's no doubt of that. But they're not going to spring into action someday and take over because they're already in control. You don't take over your own company, for God's sakes. 
You're still living in a 1960s, 1970s James Bond paradigm where there's like this one evil group that wants the whole thing instead of this giant group of evil assholes who already has the same thing. George Carlin put it, put it perfectly. It's a great big club and you ain't in it. You ain't in it. That's the world we live in today. They're already in control. And they always want to see if they can control a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And the way they do that in this day and age is through technology information. And the reality is that is a finite, that is a finite thing that can be done. We can only do so much with that. There's a point at which the information becomes overwhelming. These data centers, Salt Lake City and elsewhere, Maryland, are beginning to see that now. Without billions of gallons of water, they can't even keep the computers cool. It's too much information for them. It's not sustainable. We're going to get to a point where farmers are going to start saying, why are my fields dry? And you're using that water to cool a computer so that you can see what some guy's tweeting to his brother-in-law. See, I actually think that the future's bright because of history. Tyrannies always fall. The more a tyranny takes, the more the opposition against it builds. The next revolution will not be fought with bombs and grenades and rifles. That's another thing we could put to arrest. I am a huge Second Amendment advocate, and I believe in your right to own um, a firearm, as many as you want, frankly, as much ammunition as you want. I believe that most of the gun laws on the table today are unconstitutional. I believe in your absolute constitutionally protected right to self-defense under the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution. And I would fight and lay down my life if necessary in the right scenario to defend that right. But we are not going to rise up and fight the New World Order in a uh, Red Dawn type thing with our ARs. It is not going to happen. And those of you perpetuating that mythology make us all look freaking stupid. Stupid, 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 stupid. That's what you make us look like. Stupid. And when they say that we are people like Timothy McVeigh or the the, uh, the, the, the the kid in Colorado or the one that shot that congresswoman down in Arizona, when they start telling the other people, the average person, that, that we in the liberty movement who are strong in our Second Amendment rights are like those people, you help sell that message to the sheeple. Because you are being stupid. And no matter how dumb the average American has become, when it's in somebody else, we have an acute ability to recognize stupid. We really do. We can see stupid for what it is, as long as it's not our version of stupid. So even the idiot that likes the Kardashians goes, well, yeah, that's right. That's not going to happen. There, have, have they seen the way that wars actually work today? And, and Do they know what a JDAM is? And they're not going to fight a battle against our own government with their ARs or their AKs. And if they think they are, they're, they might be dangerous. They might, re they really might be dangerous. That's what that person thinks because you're behaving stupidly. The purpose of the Second Amendment isn't for rebellion against the United States government. 
The purpose of the Second Amendment is for the preservation of peace and order within a free republic. The, the, the vision of the founders and the reason the word militia is even in the Second Amendment is that all of us were part of the militia. And that should the time come that this nation was ever threatened any way, shape, or form, that we would all stand together, not that we would stand at odds. The day that we see for the need of the Second Amendment would have occurred during the Civil War, if that was the case, if that's what that was for. And it never has yet. We've never actually had the case yet, really, where the true need of the Second has ever actually been understood at a national scale. And God hope that we never do. It's there for that last, that last ditch effort, that last, that last line in the sand when everything else has failed. But you know what? You're not going to fight off the North Koreans or the Chai Coms either. The, 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 the right to own a gun in our nation. It's protected by the Constitution. Leave it at that. Leave it at that. There's no need to, 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 to sensationalize this BS. Uh, somebody recently commented on the blog that they took someone to the uh, shotgun range, and that went really well, and this is an anti-gun person, and next thing you know, they wanted a gun, and so they go to the, you know, to get a you know, shoot skeet and buy a shotgun and get lessons. And while they're taking lessons... The instructor says he's going to take a sniper class in case anything like uh, Bundy Ranch happens again. Okay, so that instructor's a moron, okay? Because taking a sniper class isn't going to help you if somebody's stupid enough to cause something like that to go into a shooting war. We, we live in a society today where we should be solving our differences with respect for each other and reasonable discussion, not shooting at each other. The Second Amendment exists as much for the defense of your home as it does for the defense of your nation. Understand that as well. I'll leave that one for now. But like I said, the reality is the people they are already in charge. They are already running things. And the solution is designing your lifestyle, taking control of your lifestyle, your money, Your, your preparedness, your resiliency, your planning, everything from mundane crap like insurances to more complex things like how do you keep the lights on when everyone else's are off? How do you feed yourself? How do you eat better? How do you not be somebody's bitch your whole life? The, in the end, on some levels, I'll tell you something that's hard to accept for a lot of people. The world is what it is. The world is what it is. You will not see a day where the planet exists free from oligarchy. It will not happen in your lifetime. You will not see it. You will not see a libertarian president of the United States who will come forth and turn this nation into the nation that it was promised to be by its... It, its uh, It's forefathers. You won't see it. It's not going to happen. Too many people in this country are just 
grabbing onto that dichotomy and holding onto it for all that it's worth. They're too vested in it. The people in charge have done a great job of selling it to them. You know, have that conversation with whoever you deal with, you know, a, a, you know, you like but yet have different political ideologies with and see how much middle ground you really find with them. You'll find none even though there's tons of it there because they can't they can't meet you there and you can't meet them there either. At least if you're still in the dichotomy yourself. I find that I disagree with Republicans almost every bit as much as I do Democrats today. That's how I know I found like reality. And I realize how stupid they both sound. How absolutely mind-numbingly stupid the average Republican or Democrat on the street sounds today. You know? You just the the reactionary tone, the fear-based tone, the whole damn thing. And as soon as you get there, this is what happens. You go, "Okay. So there's no easy answers anymore. So then I have to focus on my own shit." And everything gets clear after that. Everything gets so damn clear after that. The the solution to our problem is dramatically simple. It is dramatically simple. It is individuals saying, "I will no longer participate in this bullshit." That that is the the number one way that if you want to fight back, the number one thing you can do is say, "I will no longer participate in this bullshit." I'll I'll point out where our government is screwing our people over. But I won't blame one side or the other anymore. I'll just say this is our government screwing our people yet again. And then I'll just go on with my life and let people figure out if they want to do something about it. But if they want to argue that if we just had a different letter after the name of the guy in charge, I, I'm not going there anymore. Right? The, the solution to our problems is saying that I alone am the one primarily responsible for my own life, for feeding myself and my family, for being a good member of my community, for supporting and protecting those around me and for making sure that whatever I might need tomorrow I acquire today that that's my responsibility but the government should have but well, the government should have done a lot of shit that they're not going to do and I don't have to I don't care go away go away no let's see I quit I don't do this anymore get out go, go away little boy nice job pat you on the head yeah go turn your book report in to 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 mama or dad a president and 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 tell them that you did good get, get out of here go away go put fox news on bye bye now that that's how we have to be from now on what are the things that i want in my life and how do i design my life to to encourage those things to be part of my life what are the things that i have that i don't want to lose and how do i set up the redundancies so that i don't lose them okay and what are the things i don't want in my life and then just don't do that shit Don't do it no more. Well, I don't want all this political. They they should be like adults and then, then you go out on Facebook and yeah, you suck, right? Just stop. Quit. It's easy. Watch. I'll do it now. Ha, ah, quit. See? It's easy. But he, I'll, I'll tell you something about quitting. It's not as easy as you think. Let me tell you a quick story here as I finish up today so that you can understand how difficult not engaging really is because I do it all the time and I know better. But I'll just give you something totally different here. Back when I took TSP full time, I left a really great business partner named Neil. The three companies I was a principal in, and there was things I really, really loved about what those companies represented and what they were all about and where they were headed and what they could be. 
But on the other hand, there were a lot of things. It was like too much, too one, many in one place, and there was a lot of politics, and there was a lot of problems, and it was just a tough life. It really was. I mean, it's why I worked 80 hours a week back then, plus did this show, by the way. And um, I, had, I had not really had anything to do with daily operations in any of the companies for about six months. And Neil calls me up one day and says, let me tell you what's going on, mate. And he goes through this whole thing about this problem with the software rev at Syrian and uh, this you know, this going on, and they need to get rid of this one engineer, but this guy doesn't want to get rid of him. And, you know, the customer doesn't understand this spec, and the new sales force doesn't really understand how to explain. And it gives me the whole thing, you know. And all of a sudden, I'm like right back there. Now, he didn't pull me back there. He he was calling someone, understand what I'm saying about Neil, he was calling someone that that he knew would understand his frustrations, that could listen to him and hear it, so that he could feel a little better. Because we all feel better when we get to just vent. I mean, part of what I use this microphone sometimes for is venting, and hopefully it's well received. But, you know, so he vents to me, and I'm like, oh, okay. And I said, well, here's some things you could try, and blah, but I know I'm pushing a string because these are all things I try to do that, you know, he wasn't willing to do yet, and I don't think he's ready to do them yet. And then he gets off the phone, and I, I, I find myself, like, feeling like I'm covered with all this negativity. So I had left my office, my little home office I had at the time in Arlington, uh, and, and walked through the kitchen and out and sat on the deck when I talked to him. And I come back in, and our kitchen had a guest bathroom in the back of it. And I decide I'm going to go to the bathroom, and I, I walk in there. And before I go to the bathroom, I shut the door, and I look at myself in the mirror, and I'm exasperated. And I say to myself, I've got to quit. I can't do this anymore. And I went, stupid, you quit six months ago. None of this really affects you. None of this really affects you. But because you care, because it's in your circle of concern, care about Neil, I care about technology, I care about the people there, I care about the legacy I left behind, I care, I care, I care, you're still attached to it to the point where you're invested into something that's no longer invested in you. And my friends, all of this crap that we've been talking about today comes down to that. You're invested in something that's not invested in you. You believe they want to put you in a FEMA camp because you think you're more important than you are to them. They don't care about you at all. There's so many of you. If you pay taxes, they're fine. If you live on the street, they're fine. If you suck off the government hit, they don't care. You're part of the system. If you want to move around the board and go from being a pawn to a bishop, they don't care because they don't even give a shit if you're a king, buddy. They don't care if you're a king. They don't care if you're a queen. They don't care if you're a rook. They don't care what level of space chess board you're on because they're the ones moving the freaking pieces around. All you've done is change your clothes. They don't care. And when you get so wrapped up in the bullshit that you buy into these things, you're vested in a system that is not invested in you. So where should you spend your focus and your time and your energy? On you. You, your family, and your lifestyle. You should build the most resilient, durable lifestyle that you can. 
And all the things that you worry about, what you actually worry about is what if I don't have enough? What if X runs out? What if I can no longer? So you build redundancies based on that. Not on some shit in an email about a liberal Auschwitz. And anybody that buys into that on some levels deserves what they get. There's an old proverb. A fool and his money are soon parted. In our industry, it has actually become a marketing strategy. It's up to you how you want to handle it going forward. I know what I'll do. I'll focus internally. I'll focus on my family. I'll focus on this community. I'll focus on educating, empowering, informing, and enlightening this audience with real knowledge that can be applied so they can build a better life. And with that, this has been Jack Spirico with another edition of the Survival Podcast, helping you figure out how to build that better life if times get tough or even if they don't. There's nothing I can do It's the price we pay, I guess And we follow all the rules There's a better way to do this Let me show you a better way Revolution is